0: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: The CDC warning about a salmonella outbreak that's linked to bird feeders. Yet another piece of bad news for people who eat out of bird feeders. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. Colin, 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 Colin. <laughs> Take sensible precautions, everybody. Uh, Wash I, your I hands. I think I have.
5: Uh, UFO sightings are up. What does that mean? Um, what's another stupid headline I can hit you with? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the real news, normally shows hide the fact. That I mean, here's
3: stupid. here's a really good headline. We don't have to pay this off because the story story's stupid. But if you're just looking for a
4: headline, I do like a All good right. headline. Just read it, read it blind. Here we go. This is exciting.
5: They killed the rats of
4: Rat Island with unexpected results. <laughs> Rat, Rat Island. Island. You can get some real estate there cheap. So the uh, co-founder of Black Lives Matter went on a real estate buying binge, snagging four homes, totaling millions of dollars, according to a report which was then banned on Twitter for some reason. We'll get to that. Uh, a lot of good stuff to do. Before we dive into the story, a, a quick on-air meeting. All right. My inclination is not to use this person's name, even though it's out. Because to me, I want to... I want to criticize the thinking. I want to I want to defeat the argument. I want to spank the behavior. But I don't want to be part of this person being targeted individually and 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 you know victimized in some way, treated badly, hurt. Or I don't see any reason. I I'm here to defeat ideas, not people.
5: I think 98% of the time the names in a news story are useless.
4: Yeah, although the vicious among us, you know, seek those people out and and you know Send that I got death threats, etc. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to use the name. A California high school teacher, specifically San Marcos, California, Southern California, San Diego area, was caught on camera berating students because their parents were pushing to end remote learning, which is not, re- it's remote non-learning, it's remote barely learning. And the parents were pushing to return their children uh, to the classroom full time. Go ahead with the uh, first clip.
0: They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in because other people put them in that situation.
1: My question is, where is the uh, white student union? Because, because we need all racial You don't need equality. a
0: white student union, Jake. Oh. You get everything.
4: Okay, took it, Rachel. Go ahead with 31.
0: If your parent wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession i would love to hear that i know very little about anything else in the world other than education okay however if your parent wants to come talk to me about how i'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual just dare them to come at me because i'm so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry.
5: All right. Nice toot. That's the toot you get when people can't be fired. Guaranteed to get that attitude if you're unfireable. You know, I'm going to call this gal
4: Lisa. It's not her name. Lisa, a couple of points. Number one, you obviously lost your stuff there. Maybe you're just pissed off, so you said something. If you thought about it, you wouldn't believe, or you wouldn't truly believe. The idea that the customer of an interaction knows nothing about that interaction and therefore can make cannot make their preferences known nor express their needs is an insane, that's an asinine attitude. And and to your specific example, no, you should not walk in and tell your doctor, here's what we're going to do. But you should absolutely be an active participant in that uh, interaction.
5: Well, my my main thing would be, even if you really strongly disagree with people who think schools need to be opened back up, you're wrong. But even if you uh, disagree with that. have some compassion for parents who are worried about their kids not learning and being depressed and all these different things. I mean, come on. And anxious and
4: and falling behind in school. And and uh, Lisa, you're going against the CDC. You're uh, going against the National Institutes of Health. You are ignoring all the negative outcomes that Jack was just referencing. The idea that because you're not pulling off the impossible, the parents are pissed at you and think you suck. It's just paranoia. You're projecting. The parents want the kids in school because all of the authorities say it's safe. It's as simple as that. So drop your freaking tood and quit lecturing the kid. You had a bad moment? All is forgiven. Teach the damn kids.
5: By the way, when we're talking about schools reopening, as usual, they're not really. If... uh Somewhere more than half of the kids decide to come back, and according to the recent surveys in the San Diego area, two-thirds of kids will come back if they're allowed to. They'll have to break into two groups, which means each group would be on campus two days a week. So you're talking about being at school two days a week out of five. Oh no um, point. So, come on, let's, let's, let's quit throwing around the term schools reopening as if that's what's actually happening. Drives me crazy. I saw a couple of conversations on the Sunday shows yesterday about that where they were uh, pressing various... They 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 acted like they were holding the powerful to account, pressing them on the whole opening schools. Nobody ever gets around to the what about all the private schools that are open and everybody's doing
4: fine. I still haven't heard. I don't think anybody ever asked that question. Right. It's like Judy says, Hey, you got to help with the dishes. And I wash a single spoon and claim I've done the dishes. Please, you haven't done the job. Hey, quick question for you, Jack. Uh, last week, I became brief, briefly concerned about the, the British variant and the effect it was having on kids and that inflammatory syndrome and the rest of it. But I haven't really come across anything else about that. Have you? No. No. Okay. So it, it would, would seem. To be, it would have to be way too early to have any knowledge because we barely know what
5: we're doing with the, the COVID variant that we've known about for a year.
4: Yeah, true that. Although there have been many, many, many thousands of cases now, tens of thousands of cases of the British variant. That's right, Dr. Cardi. Uh, You'd think trends would have started to emerge, and we'd have heard about them, particularly given the uh, media's interest in fear and clickbaitiness. Um,
5: The fact that there are still a third or more of parents that are not comfortable sending their kids back to school Is just that lack of good information that's out there. If we ever have a pandemic again, my personal role will be somehow trying to get the real numbers out to as many people as possible as often as possible. We've talked about a couple of different uh, studies that have shown people have wildly inaccurate versions of how deadly this thing is
4: for anyone especially for young people i mean they're just you're just wrong a lot of you i think the key number is among people who lean left they believe that the covid the chinese bat fever was 80 times more dangerous for young people than it is 80 times well that explains everything if if i thought it was
5: as deadly as you do i wouldn't want my kid in school either but i know what the truth is so i'm perfectly comfortable with the fact that my son has been in a classroom full of kids, going to recess and lunch and everything else, just like regular school, since August.
4: Yeah, I was reminded the other day I I ran into a person who has been thoroughly shut down and believed everybody else was too it was like the, the japanese soldiers who uh, emerged yeah. from the uh the forests 15 years after world war ii with no idea that it had ended these people are coming out and thinking everybody has been shut down no we've been living our lives kids have been in school since august i know a in few private people, schools
5: i know a few people like that too and i thought of that over the weekend while i was stuck in traffic coming back from the beach i mean just you know <laughs> there's millions of people out and about doing things and i was thinking yeah the, people that are in their in their houses right now thinking god it'd be sure so nice when we can go back outside i hope joe biden is right that by 4th of july we can get together with friends in the backyard as i'm sitting in traffic for 45 minutes the millions of people that went to the beach over the weekend
4: kids dr fauci says you can play in the park in july so we can look forward to that pretty hilarious yeah if it weren't that the government has taken emergency powers and held on to them long past any state of emergency There I go with my libertarian blah, blah, blah. The best thing about the pandemic being open, there are a lot
5: of good things, but over, one of the best things will be when public restrooms come back. It is so hard to find a place to use a restroom when you're traveling. It's almost impossible. Between Starbucks getting busted for a racial thing Mm. and the pandemic, there just aren't public restrooms
4: anymore. That's why I wear dark pants. It's the only thing you can do, just in case. Wear the dark pants. Coming up later this hour, the I think Joe is just advocating wetting yourself. Uh, I'm They're not even... advocating it. I'm accepting that it's a possibility, an emergency measure. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I have band aids in my cabinet. I'm not advocating cutting myself. That's an excellent point. I'm, I'm just preparing. Uh, so the co-founder of BLM accused of going on a multi-million dollar real estate buying binge by legitimate publications. That's banned on Twitter. And a really interesting story from a beloved listener, Adam of the Armstrong and Getty Show, who went looking for those funny Jimmy Fallon clips we played last week in which he was uh, voicing over a Joe <laughs> Biden video. Uh, that angle, too. If you're not worried about big tech and their censorship, you may be after that. Cool.
2: Starbucks has launched a new eco friendly program called Borrow a Cup, in which customers return their cup after finishing their drink so the store can use it again. And Dunkin' Donuts plans to compete with this promotion by not doing that.
5: I thought <laughs> that was funny because when I heard the idea, I thought that doesn't sound like something I want you to do. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hilarious. Yeah, so gross. Uh, among the things coming up this morning, well, all sorts of stuff. More uh, China news. China has responded to bitter global criticism over the Uyghur genocide the way you'd expect them to by launching a musical. A hey, Uyghurs are perfectly happy and having a good time musical. They've gone Hamilton
5: and Nate Silver of uh, 538 fame he's into polling and that sort of stuff and generally left leaning it seems to me calling out the media and medical experts for being relentlessly negative in the wake of good news to try huh. to, to for some reason
4: well good good well he's all about uh, numbers facts i mean the statistics.
5: media the media you can blame for wanting clicks and eyeballs but wh- what do you blame all the medical professionals what do you what is their deal they're just trying to like overcompensate. Well,
4: they—it's uh, what we've been discussing. They're—they're uh, they're fixated on one thing. They they're have only one concern. They're specialists. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, a uh, big story in the New York Post, out uh, well, the last couple of days, as protests broke out across the country in the name of Black Lives Matter, the group's co-founder, Patrice Kahn-Cullors, went on a real estate buying binge, snagging four high-end homes for $3.2 million in the U.S. alone, according to property records. She also allegedly eyed a property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort where Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods both have homes, according to the New York Post. The self-described Marxist last month purchased a 1.4 million dollar home on a secluded road Man, a short drive a, from Malibu.
5: If you're in a neighborhood where Tiger Woods and Justin Timberlake have a house, you're in a nice neighborhood.
4: Now, allegedly she has not yet bought that place, but she did buy a 1.4 million dollar home uh, just up the road from Malibu, California, uh Canyon Views, etc., and and again several other properties worth uh estimated 3.2 million dollars. Okay. So uh, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to share uh, something uh, part of something that Jonathan Turley wrote. Uh, because it includes a lot of the facts you probably ought to know anyway. It does a nice job of summarizing it. Uh, his headline is Twitter censors criticism of BLM founder buying uh, 1.4 million dollar home in predominantly white neighborhood. The latest example of the expanding censorship on Twitter and social media involves the story of Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Khan-Cullors, age 37, her her purchase of a million-and-a-half-dollar home in a secluded area of L.A. whose population is reputedly less than 2% black. The professed Marxist received considerable criticism for the purpose, the purchase, including from Jason Whitlock, who we've quoted many times, an African American sports writer and social critic who's also been a critic of BLM, when Whitlock called out con Cuors, Twitter promptly censored the tweet, leaving a notice that it was no longer available last week, various sites reported on the uh, the topanga canyon uh, l a home. And uh, 37-year-old social justice visionary co-founder, blah blah blah, Black Lives Matter. It produced a firestorm of critics who noted that colors had long insisted that she and her BLM co-founder are trained Marxist. I'm Marxist, trained Marxists. We are super versed on ideological theories. Critics like Nick Arama of Red State pointed out it's interesting to note that the demographics of the area are only about 1.4 percent black people there, so not exactly living up to her creed. Eh.
5: I, I don't know. So, which which of these stories are, uh, are you most interested in? The fact that the uh, the Marxist leader of BLM uh, lives the lifestyle, of the rich and famous, or uh, Twitter's censoring of the information? I think this, they're both really interesting.
4: This this seems like a step
5: further for Twitter to me than anything they've done in the past. I mean, you could you could. I, I was buying the argument that um, I'd rather they let everything go. But I was at least uh, giving them uh, the the reign to decide they didn't want to allow people to continue to claim the election was stolen. Um, okay, fine. Um, but this this is just reporting of a story,
4: right? And and totally really brings it home here. The controversy is illustrative of the age of internet censors. Tweets and in some case Twitter accounts vanish without explanation. Twitter is notorious for not responding to media inquiries, etc. Uh, if Whitlock was expressing his contempt for the purchase, it is core political speech. And he mentions the $100 million that poured in from corporations, especially in individual donations, to BLM and is under the control of this uh, con colors woman. Oh,
5: boy, yeah, now, exactly. And how how open are those books where the money went? And now right. you're buying a, a, na-
4: a home in the neighborhood of Tiger Woods and Justin Timberlake. He mentions multiple inquiries now into fraud, fundraising, abuse, uh, and Stealing the money, in in other words. It's
5: the Lincoln Project for black people, is probably what it'll turn out to be.
4: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Indeed, Color seems to have ample sources of funds to buy the houses if she wants them anyway. So maybe it's illegitimate criticism. Uh, She published a best-selling memoir of her life, follow-up book. Uh, She's married to the leader of BLM Toronto. She signed a lucrative deal with Warner Brothers to develop and produce original programming across all platforms, including broadcast cable and streaming. She's uh, teamed up with James Fonda. The issue for me is not the house or claimed hypocrisy. It's the censorship of Twitter. But uh, they mentioned he mentions that Twitter's rife with such criticism of lifestyle choices of figures on the right, ranging from Donald Trump Jr. to Rand Paul. And he also thinks it's pretty interesting how handsomely this Marxist has been paid by corporations like Warner but actively protected by corporations like Twitter. She's some Marxist. But that's legitimate political criticism. And and Jack Dorsey and Twitter have no business censoring it.
5: That's pretty interesting.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it is. The, the Marxist who falls in bed with corporations and gets rich. That's every Marxist who's ever had the opportunity. Suckers.
5: Including Karl Marx himself, more or less.
4: <laughs> right.
0: Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Most hotels don't wash their comforters. So before you go bundle yourself up like a taco in that thing, throw it on the ground and don't touch it. The front desk agents are more likely than not playing games on the computer, scrolling through social media or watching Netflix. We have cameras everywhere. The hallways, the staircases, the pool. So we can see when you're doing weird things in the hallways or when you're in a fight with your partner. Most of us just aren't paid enough to care. We legally are not allowed to say remember out loud, which is why we write it down
5: what that's a former hotel worker telling secrets yeah um i didn't know there were cameras everywhere like that oh absolutely I oh, bet that's pretty entertaining if you work at a hotel and you can watch everybody you know rolling in late at night i guess a show probably mostly <laughs> dull but uh, enough to liven things up Yeah. You know? been aware yeah. of the comforter aspect for quite a while you gotta, you gotta just right. fold that up and put it in the Ugh. corner as soon as
4: you get near a bed yeah, you know, don wrote. some rubber gloves before you even touch the thing. Yeah. Nasty. My, my
5: thing uh, lately has been, well, if I'm traveling with, like I was traveling with the boys over the weekend, we went on uh, a little trip to the ocean, and uh, getting a room that's got a uh, one king bed and a giant jacuzzi tub next to the bed and explaining to the kids how
4: it's just, it's, uh... <laughs> it's for saving space purposes. It's fantastic. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you want to relax? Then get right into bed. Sure. (laughs) Falls fast asleep. So we're talking about the unbelievable Twitter censoring of any criticism of the Marxists uh, of BLM. And, uh, and how it's completely unjustifiable. And in the same way that, like, every, every person who wants to make sure everybody gets their voting rights really just wants to make sure that there's no way to check the veracity of, of, of anybody's vote. There's just no vote security whatsoever. The social media people are not trying to ensure fairness or, or accuracy or and hate speech. They're trying to tilt things one way because that's the way they lean. That's the, you know, if they were open about it, I could deal with it. But so we, Gave you that uh, the Twitter censorship? Listen to this, would you? You remember these wacky bits? Jimmy Fallon voicing over Joe Biden videos we played last week for you. Let's uh, we'll give you a sample. We're taking down the coronavirus like I took down a fella on my block called Kansas City Dennis, who crawled through my doggy door and steal my bubble gum. You see, gum was new back then. But before gum, we used to just bite off a piece of a live pig's ear. Pretty easy to chew. The hard part was blowing bubbles. <laughs> Nice. So, anyway, we got this note from Adam in San Francisco. I actually laughed out loud at the Joe Biden pseudo voiceover clips you played from Fallon's show. I liked them so much, I tried repeating them to my wife, but, of course, I got them horribly wrong. So, to make up for it, I told her I'd find the original clips online. To my surprise, Googling Jimmy Fallon Joe Biden impression got no results. Really? I added extra search filters, plus words like Kansas City Dennis and walnuts. Still no results. So I went to DuckDuckGo. I'm sure it was the same
5: back in the day if you were trying to find Will Ferrell making uh, fun of George Bush.
4: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Google couldn't help you. So he struck out completely. So he went to DuckDuckGo, typed in the same search terms. The Fallon videos were the first result. If I didn't know better, I'd think Google found a way to hide criticism of Joe Biden, even when it's mild and playful. Don't worry, I Googled that theory too, and I seriously got a WAPO headline saying, Biden on infrastructure. Inaction simply is not an option. I
5: don't uh, believe that somebody's sitting there making individual decisions on that, but I wonder what about their algorithm would have filtered that out? Huh, I don't know.
4: Well, it's not like somebody individually was fielding Adams uh, searches and like, uh, you know, catching them like an alert third baseman or anything. (laughs)
5: Claims of uh, mental decay among the president maybe aren't allowed in the algorithm or something like that. I don't know.
4: It would have to be pretty broad to catch that bit. I can't imagine what descriptors you would type in that would be specific enough to be defensible do 't Don't let no anti- Biden humor or Jimmy, just they banned Jimmy Fallon Joe Biden. I think what do you think? mailbag at com if you know more about this than we do, which is practically everybody. mailbag at com or you know your tech guru 415295 KFTC is the text number 415295 KFTC.
5: Uh, speaking of, uh, going to the ocean with the kids and staying in a room that was clearly designed for fornicating, but, uh, you know, having a,
4: uh. Well, well you, within the bonds of marriage, that's not the proper term. My wife and I have enjoyed a, a, a romantic uh, suite on occasion. Love making, would you prefer that? <laughs> Not by much, but yes. It's
5: a little 70s for me. <laughs>
4: I feel
1: like
5: I should have a satin shirt on to say lovemaking.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. Uh, How about marital congress? <laughs> uh,
5: kids swimming around in the ocean and that sort of thing. Um, uh, seals, anything to be afraid of? Or are they just, are they okay? Are you a fish? <laughs> as a child um my wife didn't go and i, t- I texted her uh, or i was talking to her on the phone and i said S- sea lions i didn't mean sea lions i meant seals but when hmm. i said sea lions she's like horrified and of course that would be i don't want them getting very close to sea lions yeah they're like, like 1200 pounds right yeah they eat you in one bite or but something seals yeah. they they look like it looks like there's a labrador retriever swimming around with his head poked yeah, up in the air yeah and yeah, it's very cute yeah i don't i don't think so they ever but- bite anybody eat anybody I think it's rare. We it's got to be rare.
4: Very different things. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 I've been bit before. i ain't never been it. <laughs> I, I tell child? He was eaten by a seal. I we think. had we had. a am sorry. Was there more to that hilarious uh, child leaning bit? <laughs> <laughs> no. We had a delightful vacation. <laughs> it was one of our first, uh, our last vacation. Oh, here's the harp. Gladys. Gladys has both her shots now. With all so three kids. So she's back in the uh, studio. Yeah, it was, it was back before Kate graduated from college. It was one of our last vacations with all three kids and we rented a, a nice house on the ocean. We went kayaking in this with bay the, on the, the ocean. ocean.
5: Did it have the fornicating tub next to the bed no. or not?
4: Oh, Lord, no, no. And, and we uh, kayaked around this bay and there were many jellyfish so we could float and really observe them closely. Fascinating beast, the jellyfish. Uh, but on one day there was a seal that cavorted about around us and these things are, You know, they're 40 pounds. They're incredibly fast and capable in the water. And it is a little intimidating because you're way overmatched. They're like a big dag. Yeah, they are like a dag. They're like a swimming dag. Uh, But uh, no harm resulted. Has anybody ever had a peanut butter and jellyfish sandwich? (laughs) Would that be good? What what are you, Dr. Seuss now? (laughs) I don't know. It
5: just popped into my head. You child? Um, I think that
4: would hurt a lot.
5: So Nate Silver, uh, who runs this website, five thirty eight and he does a lot of polling and stuff like that. He's on ABC all the time. He said, I've seen talk about how the media tends to emphasize negative news about COVID, which I don't doubt is true, but which surely stems in part from the fact that certain public health experts tend to heavily emphasize negative news when talking to the press. Check out, for example, this interview with Dr. Michael Osterholm on Meet the Press last week. It, re- it was relentlessly negative. He's spinning every fact in the most negative possible light. He's downplaying the effectiveness of vaccines. It all sounds terrifying. And he's got a bunch of quotes in which, when presented by Chuck Todd with his weird head haircut and with something you know positive, he like struggles to dig out the worst aspect of it. Wow. It terrifies. It's really kind of interesting and then points out, this is the same guy who on February 13th, and I remember, I think we played this, confidently predicted that America was headed toward its darkest days of the virus. Since then, the seven-day average deads has gone from about 2,600 to about 700. So the darkest days have gone from 2,600 deads a day to 700 deads a day, roughly. And uh, a response from somebody different was, you know, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. You, public health officials can get things wrong. They're doing the best they can with their models, this and everything like that. But we should point out when they're wrong. They should be, right. you know, their predictions should be, uh, you know, held to account whenever they turn out to be the opposite. Or when you're making another prediction, it might be worth mentioning hey, that last prediction about the worst days ahead of us. You were wrong by like. Fourfold the other direction. So,
4: well, and I would just be curious to hear them explain what did you get wrong? What part of it did you not uh, see correctly? And going forward, what does that mean?
5: Yeah, and I'm not going to like a uh, touchdown dance and give you the loser symbol <laughs> if you Idiot. if Idiot. you say and slap well, him. Well, we thought this would happen, but this happened. That's fine. You, that's what you're trying to do. That's what your job is. But it would be an interesting conversation to have about what what, uh, what about when things turn out way better than you expected. Yeah, how's that factor into your current prediction? Of he's currently saying we're in the eye of the hurricane. Just like when you're in the eye of a hurricane, it seems calm, but you know you got the other side of the hurricane about to hit you. All
4: right, so it isn't getting better. It's actually about to get
3: way worse than ever.
4: I don't know his act that much. I I, I remember quoting him last week for something, but
5: so he's just a Dr. Doom, huh? And one of the reasons Nate Silver pointed that out is it's being used. This information is being used in terms of factoring opening schools, which I continue to hear discussions of whether or not schools, I heard it this morning on NPR, whether or not schools should be open in the fall and whether or not parents will send their kids back. I didn't even know that was going to be on the table, not going to school
4: next fall. Craziness. No kidding. What is We live in, I was going to say, two different worlds informationally. It might be three or four. I don't know. But you people who are so siloed in your, and I don't know exactly why this is, left-wing slash terrified of COVID reality, you have such a twisted idea of of the danger. It's, wow. Wow. What what did we hear the other day that uh, the percentages? I wish I had in front of me. The percentages of people who died who were under eighty is very small, and under fifty five, it's practically nobody.
5: Um, a big uh, wreck in Georgia. I only mention it because forty thousand pounds of Bud Light have spilled out onto Interstate eighty five in Georgia. Pounds? I measure it. In, you know twelve ounces. That's a lot of Bud Light. Yeah, it is. Uh, hella, hell a lot. Um, and uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg also being quoted now as someone who is against court packing along with Justin Breyer, who is on uh, north of the dirt um uh, and currently uh, uh you know talking about the Supreme Court <clears throat> two liberal justices that are against any court packing that made the news over the weekend since Joe Biden has put together a commission to look into it.
4: I think anybody of any sense and conscience is against it. Cool. It's a radical position. It ought to be portrayed that way. And I mean, like, seriously tear apart the fabric of America, radical. Awesome. The Iowa governor, the fabulous Kim Reynolds, has said, uh, no, Joe, you can't send those migrant children here. Plus, one of our tiny little listeners terrified a big old guy and will tell you how. Was it jujitsu? It was not. <laughs> Absolutely not. The fear was in the other person. And it's a strange story.
0: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: Line this up, make it roll, and he should make it.
2: It's okay. <laughs> right,
5: dance the why. Who predicted that by one? Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. Matsuyama Hideki, won the Masters.
4: Dom Arigato, gentlemen. I, don't arigato. I didn't understand a word of that. Was I supposed? The first <laughs> Japanese golfer to win the Masters, Jack, should have a huge effect on the game in Asia. A generation of kids looking up to the great. Hideki Matsuyama.
5: <laughs> okay, and I, I wasn't supposed to understand uh, the Japanese part, was I?
3: No, I don't believe so. Well, <laughs> well do you speak Japanese? No. That, that would be well an interesting then, no. secret for you to keep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I must contest, I do not believe that was the greatest athletic achievement accomplished over this weekend. Do tell. That belongs to one 18-year-old Anthony Newer. I believe his, uh, his name is.
4: Right through the face, leaving the seven ten. The seven ten
3: only been
5: made on television three times in the history of professional bowling on
1: TV. Come on, kid, do it! Oh, he did it! He did it! We got the seven ten, Randy. Oh he God. did it! So, my goodness, the Ginger Assassin just dropped the seven ten. You bet, kid. You bet, <laughs> you bet kid. How the ginger they are assassin.
5: about
3: <laughs> bowling!
5: The ginger well why well the ginger assassin. So is a seven ten when you got the furthest apart two pins? Yeah. You're, you're damn right, Jack. I believe. I believe the ginger i ginger assassin!
4: I believe whatever you think I am, you are or whatever that guy yelled. Uh <laughs> I think I picked up a seven ten split once when I was drunk, but it's hard to say. What, what, what's the physics of that? You've got to just barely nip the ten. And send it careening straight sideways into the seven. It bounces oh, so
3: hard off of the outside wall it ricochets back so, across. Oh, the oh, lane. That's the other way to do yeah. it. Yeah, because okay, yeah.
5: well, you can't hit it from the outside. There's no lane there.
3: Oh, I can.
5: <laughs> There's no lane there. There's only gutter. <laughs> well, so you have to hit, it on, tenths, in- yeah. have to hit it on the inside. You have to hit it on the inside. You bounce it off the wall.
3: Yeah, it just you create uh, as uh, as much pin action as you can and it ricochets around and hopefully uh, okay. it knocks that one. But they, although there have only been four. Uh, 7-10 splits picked up on television in history. The last one was in 1991. Somebody wins the Masters every year, right? <laughs> this was the athletic achievement of the week. The Ginger Assassin! Can I, hear, can I hear
1: that again? That was
4: so entertaining. Right to the face sleeve of the 7-10. The 7-10 no, only been made no. on television three times in the history of professional bowling
1: on TV. Come on, kid, do it! Oh, he did it! Yes! He did it! My goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 7-10. You
4: bet, kid. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> then they jam
3: the 80s rock. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> they put some sugar on me. Is that what it was? Oh,
4: yeah. oh man. Sounds like the Def Leppard to hey, me. Hey.
5: Wow. That's awesome. That's the best bowling call I've ever heard.
4: <laughs> you know, as long as we're doing sports calls, what the heck, it's Monday. We need to lighten up a little bit. Where's that... Uh, uh, the, the, the Mets player, uh, I think it's, it gets explained in Clip number oh, yeah. four. This was a couple days ago.
5: So Michael Conforto gets a game-winning RBI by sticking his elbow into the pitch from Anthony Bass, and the Mets rally for two in the bottom of the left, and only now can they fully celebrate as the umpires say that the game is over. That's, what a bizarre way to end the game. That's just ridiculous. I have never seen that. So what happened The there? Mets win their home opener on a bases loaded hit by pitch on a pitch that was in the strike zone that grazed the elbow protector of Michael Conforto who clearly stuck his elbow in the mm. way. Crazy. The, wow. problem, the problem with that is the elbow protector part. You're willing mm-hmm. to take one in the bone of your elbow <laughs> to, to get a run? Of? Yeah, that's one thing.
4: Yeah, a guy's we, dressed like an NHL goalie, and he sticks his elbow.
5: That's weak. But the hole covered in plastic, so you're protected thing?
4: Protected yeah. up there in plate mail. You know, yeah, that's a tough call for an ump to make uh, often. Did he make a, a serious... I can't remember the way the rule is worded, but you've got to make an effort to avoid the pitch. He did the opposite.
3: He, he yeah, yeah. chicken wings it. Weak. He put his elbow out. You and then and and as soon as it grazed it, he looked right back to the ump. See, did you see that? You know who yeah. wouldn't
5: do some chicken ass move like that? The Ginger Assassin.
1: That's who. <laughs> 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 My goodness! The Ginger Assassin just dropped a seven ten. You bet, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you bet.
4: <back>. Wow!
3: <laughs> Get that stripper rock going. <laughs>
4: This is a bowling party.
5: <laughs> I might actually read John Boehner's book. Boy, that doesn't sound like something I'd want to read. A speaker of the House from 15 years ago. Um, but he is. Uh, it's getting a fair amount of attention. There's some interesting stuff in there. Taking a nap. Uh, yeah,
4: we there. know we Ted Cruz. We know everybody's I'm, making a big deal. I'm, I'm that. trying
3: to encourage Jack to get the audiobook. I hear there's good stuff there. <laughs>
5: Yeah, he drank wine and smoked cigarettes while he was doing it. Uh, Boehner's new book, being published tomorrow, titled On the House, a Washington memoir, is unlike the classic Washington memoir, uh, those soft focus accounts extolling the what I achieved in office, you know, uh, chapter after chapter. I wasn't going to write some typical Washington walk, he told USA Today. Um, and that's where he uh, says some uh, rough things about uh, some people that I really like in government, but I still think it would be interesting. It sounds like he's being pretty unvarnished in his opinion about the current political climate. It's ironic because he appears to be varnished. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty dang uh, pessimistic about the state of our politics. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard a quote of the other day. Actually, Chuck Todd mentioned on Meet the Press yesterday, David French saying uh, politics right now is the only place where if you agree with somebody 80 percent of the time, they're your enemy. That's the way it is. You can't. The reason Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden haven't haven't spoken since the inauguration is because if either one admitted to it or were caught initiating it. They get killed by their own party. Wow. That's wow. why they can't talk to each other. That's no way to run a country, no, folks. It's, no, it's not.
4: You know, I have more thoughts on the uh, on that question. We're up against a hard break, but uh, stay tuned. Much more to come.
0: Armstrong and Getty.